Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Science of Pokemon. I am cameraman Chris, and with me, as always, is veteran Lucas. Lucas, welcome. What are you doing? Well, what are you? What are you? I mean, you know, Don and, and Matt aren't here right now, so I'm just asserting myself. Mm, yeah, no, down, down, boy, down. Hey, I've been in like th maybe three, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. Yeah, okay, yeah, you've made it past the gauntlet. Congratulations. We don't even talk about what happened to the others, the ep the lost episodes. <laughs> They're oh, on the have for to a reason. <laughs> I'm going to have to make lost episodes now and just like people crying like, I don't want to do this anymore. Just put them on our Patreon. Yeah, that's the Patreon content. <laughs> All right, guys. So in case you haven't seen uh, the name of the episode, we are going to be talking about one of the most loved animals on this planet. We are finally, finally doing an episode on turtles. Now, as you said, cameraman Chris, uh, our two of our members are not here tonight. One of them will be on later to talk about more of the animals. The other one was working with family. So we will hear from them in bits and pieces throughout this episode. So hopefully it doesn't get too weird when they just kind of pop up. For now, uh, you know what? You asserted yourself. I'll let you say the thing. Go on, say it. That's very generous. Thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cue the music. Nice. So, what is the big uh, science news going on right now? I mean, the big thing right now is the coronavirus. Okay, let's let's go on something more fun. I, our take: it's please listen to the Center for Disease Control and the World Health Organization, and they will assist in making sure that this this plague is eradicated. It just be kind to each other and wash your hands. That's wash your hands. You know, sanitate. Uh, Good sanitation practices. Miss work if you're sick. And don't panic. And please don't panic. Like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy says, don't panic. It's like the best advice you'll ever get. So, um, let's see, we have nicer news here. In lighter news, some people put 3D glasses on a cuttlefish. Yep, that is literally uh, the name of the article. Scientists put 3D glasses on cuttlefish and played movie clips. Here's what they discovered. It was an avatar. <laughs> I'm just saying, what movie do you even show a cuttlefish? What do you think they would actually enjoy? I feel like 3D Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. The, John Carpenter's The Thing. And he's one of, and like, just, just showing it straight horror movies, and it's like, oh, no, it's learning. <laughs> but um, the reason they did it wasn't just for fun. They actually wanted to see how cuttlefish could use, could use their brains to see through depth perception. So they used the 3D glasses as a way of checking that. And it turns out that cuttlefish can see in three dimensions and use their brains to perceive depth. So their eyes are a big topic point for a lot of people because of their ability to um, change colors, even though being colorblind makes them one of the most fascinating creatures to get to talk about with that. Now, how they put the, sun, the 3D glasses on was, um, let's see here, da, 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 da. Ah, it's yes. interesting to say the least. Yeah, let's fill it up here. Ah, so what they did was they vel they glued Velcro onto the skin of the cuttlefish and then fastened the 3D, gra 3D glasses on the Velcro onto the skin. Before anybody adds to PETA or goes to them, one, they're evil. Two, it's fine. There's actually, um, whenever you're experimenting with animals, there's a general rule of thumb that if it's an invertebrate, you don't have to care about it. However, 
that rule was lifted for cephalopods. So cuttlefish and octopuses, because of their intelligence, that animal was not harmed. And I believe, and they did give it a shrimp right afterwards to reward it for its behavior. So, and I think I also read that the that the glue that they used was a dissolving one that would eventually dissolve, and it would be like nothing had been there. Uh, and they just used that in the Velcro and attached it. Yeah, so it wasn't harming the animal. It wasn't like it died from this. It didn't burn its skin. It's just the weird things you have to do to help animals. We literally glue stuff to animals all the time. Look at the tracking devices on turtles. Uh, trust me, it, it's a it's a thing. It's a really hilarious thing but it's still a thing. All right. So the next part with the big Pokemon news that dropped, which um, just more, more people upset. The Poke, the uh, Pokemon home series has come out. Now, before we give our two cents, uh, Professor Collins wanted to give his, even though he's not here. So he sent us a little recording uh, and I wanted you guys to listen to it because it's really, he, he brings out a lot of good points. So uh, I'm going to put this VCR clip in here. Hey everyone, Professor Collins here. So I want to come in and bring in the Pokemon news because I'm great like that. And I want to talk about Pokemon Home, which is essentially the new storage program we have. Uh, it is not like Pokemon Bank. It's actually much more inclusive. And I want to go through a few of the features and some of the talking points here. So Pokemon Home has connectivity where you can send back and forth between Sword and Shield. Uh, you can send things from Bank or from the Let's Go games. And soon you'll be able to send things from Pokemon Go as well. Uh, there's a few other big differences, though, that come with Home. Home is actually not just one application, it's two. There is a version on the Switch and a version that is for mobile. They do different things, and you'll need both to be able to do everything. Uh, one of the cool new features is called Wonder Box, where essentially you create a box of Pokemon and it trades them away while you're gone, which is Super fun <laughs> if you have a ton of breed jacks like I do. Uh, GGS is back, which makes giveaways so much more exciting and so much easier to do. A new feature, though, with trading is called Room Trade, where you and up to 20 people uh, get to create this room where you all bring one thing, and then it just randomly trades. And I think that is super cool and could make for some really fun, interesting evenings. And the other big thing is that it brings in the ability to trade with friends. Now, this is on the mobile version only, and I'll talk about that in a second. But I think that's also really great. Uh, obviously, the National Dex is back, and it is now built into home. Most of us said that National Dex was going to come back because, obviously. So that's there. Mystery gifts are actually built directly into home, which is cool. So you can kind of do your mystery gifts on the go now, which is great. You can judge Pokemon on the go. Um and that's really the you know the big features. The other thing to note is that the battle point exchange is back, so you can earn points on home and then send battle points over. Now, there's two different versions, as I said. One is mobile and one is on the Switch. They do different things, and they communicate differently. So the trading will all be done on the mobile version. And I... We were talking about this in the Discord the other day, and I think we've kind of come to a consensus that most likely what the reasoning for this is is that the YCOM has one communication system, and it's built in a different operating system than the mobile version. And it's easier to just have the mobile version only communicate with the mobile version than to try to patch it into the current system the YCOM is using. 
Now, don't get me wrong, I greatly dislike the YCOM. I have voiced my concerns about it. The fact that it does not prioritize friends, I think, is pretty ridiculous. What's the point of even having friends then? But, you know, that's where we're at. So, you know, this does try to fix some of the mistakes that the YCOM has, which is, which is kind of great. Um, so, yeah, the, you know, different version, different uh, features on the different versions, which is good to know. And I did want to then talk real quick about what makes what is the controversy here. And that is, is that there is two different versions here. There is a basic and then a premium version. So the premium version is $16 a year, which is not terrible. Uh, you know, there's a lot of games out there that charge more for their, you know, their program. Uh, but there is a free version, which it is limited, but it's free. So, you know, uh, if if you really don't want to pay, you know, you make the choices of which monsters you want to keep on home. And that's where you're at. Uh, here's what I will say is that they are offering bank free for the first month, meaning you can transfer everything without having to pay for bank, which is really nice. So if you really don't want to pay for the app, you know, you pay the $3 one time and you transfer everything you can. And then you get rid of the app. It's really not a big, you know, big deal if you don't want to pay the subscription. Uh, there's a couple other things, though. People are complaining that $16 is high. Uh, I will remind people, though, we did have to pay for bank. The difference is, though, now is that Nintendo is clearly charging more for their networks. We've seen it this price passed on in other games, too, like Animal Crossing subscription fee. Um, let's be clear. Pokemon doesn't charge microtransactions. It is not... You know, Pokemon Go, Sword and Shield does not charge microtransactions. I, I'm kind of getting tired of people saying that because that's not what's happening here. Yes, there's, you know, DLC, but that is, again, in replacement of a third version. And all of this together, you know, the year subscription, even if you bought Nintendo Online for a year, even if you bought a new Switch, even if you bought Sword, and then you got the, the expansion pass, is still cheaper than Generation 3. I just, I just want to point that out for those of you who weren't playing heavily back then. Gen 3 was stupid expensive. You know, we had to buy two consoles. We had to get a GameCube and a Game Boy Advance. We had to get two different sets of link cables, one to communicate between Game Boys, and then one to communicate between Game Boys and GameCube. We had to get essentially a multitude of games because there was two GameCube games and then at least three Game Boy games. And, you know, that's, that was just, it was a mess. And it was expensive, but we dealt with it. At least now, for those of you who cannot afford it, you know, the yearly subscription, and I totally get it. I've, I've been there. I will say that at least now there is the online capability and there's enough good people in the community that if you really are hurting, I'm sure someone will help you get the thing you want. Heck, legitimately, I'm promising you all right now, if there's something that you're absolutely having trouble to find, come post in our Discord for the network. I'm sure someone will help you find it. You know, none of us want someone to suffer because they can't afford. That's not how this should be. But I also want to point out that Game Freak included a free version, which makes me think that Game Freak is also trying to not fully pass the prices Nintendo's charging onto us, the consumer. So part of this is that Nintendo is clearly charging more and it's getting passed on to us. Uh, that's how markets work. I mean, that's how tariffs work. You know, someone charges more and then the price gets passed on to consumers. But it does look like Game Freak is at least trying. And I think we have to give them that. 
So I'm excited. I can't wait to see my Incineroar back. Looking at you, BGC. And I hopefully my comments here doesn't cause too many people to get angry. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So honestly, I agree with a lot of the things he said. I think that with the Pokedank, with the sorry, I keep calling it the Pokebank because I'm used yeah. to it being called. Like, yes, it is $16 a year to use. Yes, that cost of money is not, I mean, it's not, I would like it to be free, but you, you can't have free in the world we live in. Like mm-hmm. Nintendo's charging for their servers. You got to pay more for them. It's not the nicest thing to say. And, but like the Colin said in his thing, if you need help trading stuff after the new updates come, come to the discord. We will help you guys out. What do you think of this whole thing, Chris? I mean, you know, I, I understand that things are going to cost money. Like I, I get that. I think what is, what is nice is that they do seem to be going out of their way to add in, to not make it behind a paywall. Like they have free options uh, with this. You're not shut out. It's the same with uh, the expansion pass. Like you, you may not get all the content, but you're not being shut out. You can still get the Pokemon. You just can't do the story part. And like, you know, work costs money. Servers cost money. They they have to pay for it. Um, unfortunately, not everyone is in the situation to pay for it. But there are ways for them to still participate and be a part of the community, which I appreciate. For me, I think 30 in the free edition is just a bit too sparse for my taste. Like when the free, I think they should be adding it more. But it is nice that the bank is giving you a free, hey, one month, start transferring. And you can literally just pay the um like $3 and just get everything over there and then stop the service. And that just fixes everything. I yeah. think that's a, that's the smart man's play of just getting it all out of the way and done with. But I, no. I am waiting for when they're going to let Pokemon Go transfer into it because I have a lot of things that I would be very glad to get out of my uh, Pokemon bag there. Yeah, I have my, um, once uh, the update comes in June, I can put my Electivire back in, get him into the ring. There's, I also want to actually get a Mel, te- uh, a Mel Metal just so you can punch stuff. I've never had one and I really, really want one. I want them, they're huge and I want it. But um, yeah, so the news today was, again... We got the fun stuff and we got the not so fun stuff. Again, if you're angry about this, you are allowed to be upset. You know, one, I, I'm not saying that, but please be kind. Please come on. Let's not be our the most toxic selves. Just be nice and don't attack the creators with death threats. That's all I ask. Please. Can we talk about the TCG for a second? Real quick. Oh, yeah, no, go for it. Well, uh, so we're recording end of January, but we are just about a week away from the Sword and Shield uh, card set being released. And, I mean, that's exciting. I like to collect the cards. Um, but if you are a battler, that also brings up the uh, the sad issue that fairy type will no longer exist in the, in the TCG, in the standard. Obviously, you can still use expanded. But... Uh, that's the fairy a typing is going away. Yeah. Why? I'll, I'll, I don't really know why. Uh, basically, if it's a fairy type in the uh, in the video game, it's going to be classified as psychic, I believe. Just like ice Pokemon, like Glaceon or water in the TCG. Um, mm. Which is going to get kind of weird when like Espeon and and Sylveon are, are both psychic. But that's not my problem to work out. Mm, true enough. But, Anywho, yeah, yeah I, no. I'm excited for the new set to come out. I always like seeing all the new art, so I can't wait. All right, 
Yeah, I only have like one or two cards that were like given to me. And I literally had a Pokemon card made of my cosplay in it, which is absolutely rad. If y'all want to see that, let me know in the, let us know on the Facebook. Cause that's, it's literally my pride and joy. This fake card of me dressed as a Magikarp. It is hilarious. I mean, I want to see that. <laughs> I'll post it. I'll post it on the uh, Facebook after all this is said and done. For now, uh, let's go ahead and let's just get to the turtles. All right, so you couldn't join us for the news and the entrance, but Don, can you explain to these fine people what is Turtle? Um, they're good Shelly boys, first of all. Well, that wraps up the episode. Bye, guys. See you later. Have fun. Do, 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 yeah, do, Turtles are, do. they're, first of all, I like Turtles. I like Turtles. Everyone loves the meme. Um, also, but for real though, everyone kind of likes Turtles. They're, especially as far as reptiles go. There's most reptile groups are a little divisive. Some people love snakes. Some people hate snakes. It's kind of hard to find someone that really hates turtles. I mean, what's not to like about a turtle? Precisely. It's literally every first kid. I remember Matt's uh, Matt's kid. Literally, her favorite animal is turtle. And all she says is turtle. Turtle. It's adorable. But it's yeah. like like every kid. Every kid I've ever worked with. Oh, can we see a turtle? Can we see a turtle? It's the most loved thing of every third-year-old, a three-year-old Next to like puppies. I mean, every like my college roommate had a turtle and it was a great turtle. It was nice and chill and it was great. So turtles, from what I know of, they are a group of reptiles. So they're part of the order Testidines. And the earliest ones can be found back to the mid-Jurassic period. So they're found in multiple different climates. The only things they really can't stand are like the super bitter cold, but they're in the climates, they're in deserts, they're in the ocean, they're in fresh waters, rivers, streams. They really do survive really well. Now, in English, we have this issue where we're turtles versus tortoises, but that's only in the English language. In other places, there is no like big thing of like, well, this is our Portuguese word for tortoise. But we in English decided to put the different characteristics. It's, it's just tataruga. It's just turtle in Portuguese. There's no other word for tortoise. So what you're saying is the English language decided to make something more difficult? No, I know. Shocking, isn't it? But um, we characterize tortoises as having a more elephant-like foot and a rounder shell. Uh, there's some more complicated ones, but again, it's not really, not really pertinent. They're all turtles. It doesn't matter. Anywho, the shell is what they all have in common. The shell is the big thing, though. Bit of anatomy lesson 101. Top of the shell, carapace. Bottom of the shell, plastron. And the big thing that a lot of people don't know, which I found was shocking, it it is an extension of their back. Like that is their back. It's not like they can climb out of it. It's not like there's armor, spinal column, and rest of body. It is, no, that is their spinal column that you are poking, small child. Please stop. So you're saying that the educational children's TV show Franklin lied to everyone? Yes. Yes, I am destroying that childhood too. It lied to you. Uh, But the shell itself can be shaped in different ways. So there is variety in it. So it can be taller or more domed to stop a predator from gnawing on it. Or it can be flatter and sleeker for camouflage or for swimming. So it is a versatile defense and a lot of cases an offense for them in order to survive. Now, the other thing they're famous for is their slow metabolism. They live a ridiculously long time. In fact, the oldest tortoise that I know of off the top of my head was an Ald- not an Aldabran. I forget the name of it. There was a tortoise out there. It's, it's smaller. I forget what its name is. Ah, 
going to bury me forever. Anywho, uh, the tortoise lived up to be about 188 years old. But the downside is they don't reach sexual maturity for decades. I know some tortoises that are like into their 20s, which still technically is almost like a 10-year-old to these animals. So it takes a long time for them to reproduce, which was one of the reasons that it became such a problem when it tried to breeding them when they're, how should we say it, mercilessly hunted for their meat? Um, Jonathan is a uh, is might be the oldest current living tortoise from a quick Google. Um, he's a Seychelles giant tortoise. He was born in, well, he's 186 years old. Wow. Okay. See, I was right. I was around that mark. That was of 2008, 100, 188 years old. Jeez. Okay. So I was, I was right. I was on the money. A little bit off there. And and since you brought up the uh, the uh, the sexual aspects of them, can we give a shout out to the turtle that helped bring back uh, the populations on the island? It was all over the news not too long ago. Um, yes. Yeah. I, I think I think I saw that they brought the population from fifteen to two thousand, and he's responsible for like forty percent of that. Good for him. Yeah, he did what he was supposed to do. He lived the dream. Very good boy. Give him a medal. I just love his retirement. It's literally like, do you want to mate anymore in that Captain America meme? No, I don't think I will. And just goes home. I mean, he's like 100 years old and he just had like, you know, a few hundred kids. He's done. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he's done his due diligence. So the, the diet of these animals does change as well. Um, it all depends on where they live. So most are going to eat plants and bugs, the things that are not as fast. Uh, leatherbacks are the most famous example of like weird diets because they eat a large number of jellies. In fact, their throat is literally filled with small knives to hold on to them. It's crazy. If you ever look down a leatherback sea turtle's throat, it's just not pleasant. Yeah. A snapping turtles will eat small fish and even other turtles. So they, they have a very widespread diet to what they can eat. But at the end, it all depends on their habitat. It's not like snakes where no matter where you go, the snake is going to be eating some kind of meat. Yes. Other than leatherbacks too, sea turtles actually have a lot more varied diets than people think. Different groups of sea turtles, like there's certain groups primarily eat like turtle grass and sea grasses. There's um, some kinds, I think it's the hawksbills, are primarily uh, like sponge eaters, which is why they have a very like thin sharp beak to cut pasty sponges and i know the um the loggerheads have the biggest head of the sea turtle so they're meant for crushing crabs so they have they tons love of lobsters head. actually a um a friend of mine who fished commercial lobster in the keys said there was an issue where sometimes sea turtles would break into their lobster traps <laughs> you gotta get the food just red lobsters like what's going on why are we losing lobsters just the turtle sir the what the turtle single-handedly took down Red Lobster. <laughs> really, I thought it would be like some kind of salmonella or seafood poisoning, but you know, I guess it <laughs> had to happen somehow. Oh, you all would probably know this better than me, um, but I was wondering, are they sim- – because I know in the water they can be very fast, and on land they're obviously very slow. Are they one of the slowest land predators but also fastest water um, predators? I think – there's none really top speed that said there's a few land turtles um especially the soft shell turtles that are upsettingly fast on land but they're typically not hunting on land <laughs> it is what unsettling is, what's unsettlingly um, fast do you have access to youtube right now look, I mean, yeah. look up soft shell turtle running do it they're very fast I yeah like for those of you at home like just go ahead and youtube it come on it's okay it's going to be great. We have them in Florida. I've helped doing like tagging studies with them before. 
They're very fast in and out of water, and they're very, very bitey. We have them at the aquarium. They like to hide themselves pretty well. They like to kind of just fit yeah. themselves into places and stuck in. But we have a couple in the retention pond, and they they scatter when they don't want to be Whoa. somewhere. Yeah, I don't like I that. Kind of like, honestly, I think they're fine. <laughs> yeah, no one likes that. It's it's unsettling. It's uncomfortable. Uh, I'm sorry. I got off track because that was amazing. But um, fun Florida fact for you. Because turtles are so widespread and people have different stories and food about them, I had to look this up. Apparently, one of these so-called cracker recipes of Florida is gopher tortoise Don't stew. Don't do that now. You will go to jail. Wait, go, so, gopher? <laughs> Yeah, no, we've um, we said it before. Shout out to the Keystone species, but that is that was an actual recipe. It's a burrowing tortoise, Chris, that lives in Florida. I heard you like ask about it. Yeah. Ah, okay. I also learned that you can't have red-eared slider turtles. Oh, you can't have them anywhere in the states now. They're super banned. Yeah, they're awful. Oh, and oh, I didn't know the rest of the states. Well, technically, they live in like cent- they can be yeah, found in central parts in of the United States and rivers, but they really are everywhere. They're a pain in the butt. I hate them. Yeah. In any case. We, um, we would catch them doing turtle sampling sometimes, and uh, they would not go back to the river. No, they they went to the farm upstate, right, Don? Farm upstate? Yes, with lots of lots of uh, things they can frolic with. Yes, yes. That's, that's where we send all the invasive animals, eyes shifting lazily to the side. So, um... Yeah, again, we all know the myths of the tortoise and the hare. Um, in China, they're seen as symbols of long life. These things have been in almost every piece of mythology that has any kind of turtle. Um, obviously, though, with them being so everywhere, people have used them for all kinds of different things. One of the most fascinating things I love about um, the Galapagos tortoise was that because it had such a slow metabolism, they would literally just stick it upside down on boats and just take it with them for a fresh source of meat. They would also um, drink the urine because apparently it helped with dehydration. So you all know that now. Congratulations. Better than salt water. It it is better, not by much. But today, the biggest um, threats to them aren't hungry, hungry sailors. It is um, things like the red ear slider and the pet tree going invasive, ocean pollution and habitat loss for things like sea turtles and other river turtles. Um, One of the big things we have a problem with is um, Chinese medicines and other things like that where... It's seen as a luxury dish, and the harvesting is unsustainable, but also using the parts of it unsustainably. I know people like to say that animals are magical, but they're not actually magical. That's an important distinction. Precise. That is literally like the crux of my existence when I worked at Bush Gardens. Like, please stop grinding things up and putting them up your nose. They are not all magic. Stop it. Uh, Oddly enough, the United States is the biggest distributor of said turtle meat. Um, people uh, who actually um, get it from trying to literally get it from the United States. We just have turtle farms. Apparently, there's big ones in Florida for soft shelled. So apparently, they can. There are yeah, soft shells. Um, I think there's even a commercial trapping season for soft shells. Mm-hmm. And it's actually done pretty sustainably in the United States. We do a pretty good job of it, keeping it on the up and up. But uh, no, not in other places. Not so much. Uh, if you are um, after this episode thinking, "Wow, turtles and tortoises are weird and awesome and wonderful," and I want one. Please, for the love of God, do your research. They, the sliders alone can live up to 30 years, and that's on the low end. These things live a while. They need a lot of space. Don't just get it willy-nilly. I honestly would rather you get a lizard or something that's way better and less bitey than a hamster. Seriously, don't do it. None of you do it. 
I mean, I think that covers every, I think that's the basics on turtles. Anyone else have something to add? I think we'll probably, we'll talk about the world turtle when we get oh, to we're, we're going to get to the world turtle. Let's just go ahead and cut right to the Pokemon. All right. So let's just jump right on into it. Uh, this is, let's just go Squirtle. Squirtle, the first turtle. Got to start with it. That rhymed. Good work. He has six it, sunglasses. Yeah, it's Squirtle Squad for life. He was my first starter, my first Pokemon game. He was the starter my brother bullied me with because I always picked the fire ones. Yeah, mm. I was always Charmander, so my brother was always Squirtle. Charmander so, was so bad in the OG games to start out with, too, though. He was Squirtle hard was mode. the way to go. So, in any case, Squirtle's what I like to call your standard turtle. Like, it's it's the best Pokemon to start with, not just time-wise, but also because it's literally so basic. Uh, it's shell... It's perfectly rounded for swimming. It's got a weird front beak, and it's connected to the water. It, it's, it even mentions that it has a long neck hidden inside its shell in the latest Pokedex entry. You just don't see it. Like it just gotta, I just imagine a Squirtle craning its head out of its shell like even further. Everyone look up snake and their turtles. Do it. No, no, not again. Fine, look it up. We're going to keep talking. We're not going to wait. So the tail has um, ties to Japanese culture, like the fluffy tail is actually related to something called a minigami. And it's said to be this turtle that has the seaweed growing on its back and it lives for 10,000 years. That is directly connected to war turtle. As it said, it also lives up to 10,000 years and it's the oldest ones. And that's really cool. And to me, like that's the oldest ones in the Pokedex entry have algae growing on their shells. So this is a direct relation to this creature in Japanese mythology. So they didn't try too terribly hard in hiding that. I just think it's important to know that they add myth to the real animal. If it explicitly, well, uh, if it explicitly states that War Turtle lives to ten thousand up to ten thousand years, but it doesn't say anything about Blastoise, does that mean if you evolve your War Turtle into a Blastoise, you're significantly cutting down its life expectancy? It's just immortal. Don't worry about it. At that point, it's yeah, immortal. It just, Blast, Blast just it's got guns. Dies. Who cares about immortality is worthless in the place of guns. It's just people like, oh boy, what's it based on? Like, It's a turtle with guns on its back, guys. Not everything's a reference. Some things just can be awesome. Uh, its guns, though, should be able to cut almost everything in half. In the Pokedex entry, it says it can punch through a whole steel wall. That kind of pressure is enough to literally just obliterate meat and bones and everything else. It's gone. Yeah. Everything dies. If anyone's even looked matter. up a video of uh, a water jet cutting steel, uh, it's really cool, but they usually speed it up because it takes a while. But um, they those have about 100,000 pounds per square inch of pressure. Uh, and, and the fact that Blastoise just shoots it and punches through steel with his water jets is kind of absurd. It's Gigamax form. It's going to look amazing. I'm going to name him Bismarck after the biggest battleship ever in World War II which was immediately sunk by the British. So oh, I, I was going to go with Bertha. Bertha, just Bertha? Yeah, oh, Big Bertha. Big Bertha! All right, so that's enough about um Bertha. Don, next up, it's your boy. Do the so, thing. So Torkoal is my good sunny son, um, <laughs> and I love and cherish him. All right, so yeah, the next tortoise that was up, we skipped an entire generation and didn't get a turtle or tortoise, but then we got ourselves Torkoal. So Torkoal, and Lucas made a good point about this the other day, actually. So Tor- Torkoal is clearly a tortoise and not a turtle if you go by the English naming conventions. Um, you see the high dome shell, the long neck, which isn't inherently tortoisey, but it makes him 
indicative of like maybe a Galapagos tortoise is what he reminds us of. He's got like the big flat kind of elephant feet. And like some tortoise species, he has a very large aversion to water being a fire type. Um, there's plenty of viral videos that are always very bad um, of people saving tortoises by putting them in lakes. Um, don't do that. They'll drown. We, they don't swim. We have that with the um, the gopher tortoises here in Florida. Oh my gosh, mommy, a sea turtle takes it, throws it, sinks. Yeah, um, sometimes they can actually swim a little bit, but don't don't do it. If it, if you're not sure what sort of critter you saved, and you're like you see it near a pond, put it like next to the water. That way, if he wants to go in the water, he can, and if he doesn't, he won't. Um, but Torkel is a tortoise. I th- like to think he's sort of modeled after the Galapagos tortoise where he has that kind of standing up upright kind of shape. Um, he's a little volcano boy and the Galapagos islands are volcanic. Yeah. So um, what I was also reading with the Pokedex was that as Pokedex has to keep its fire going or it will die. Uh, but so that's the one thing that's not very turtle or tortoise related is it constantly has to eat. Whereas the real ones, like we said earlier, can be deprived for oh, about a year without food or water and still survive. Hence the whole sailors keeping them, eating them, and drinking their um, pee. It also says it burns coal, so it's not the most green of uh, yeah, no, it's a Pokemon it literally, to have. Well, it, it also it, sounds like it would not be a good uh, pet because it would just be filling your home with smoke. What if what if you had them in like a, a smokehouse out back and you could smoke all your meats with Torkoal? That is a, a job for Torkoal. That sounds great. Honestly, I thought he looked like a pie. If it wasn't for the whole Appleton line, he's just like, does he look like a pie to any of you? I mean, I mean, kind of a little just bit. Just like a little, like a little weird fire turtle pie. But yeah, no, I, I like your smoker idea. I think that should be something that's happened in the game. You just meet a guy that's like, sup, want some meat? And it's like, wait. Where do you get the meat from? Don't worry about it. Like, po- <laughs> like the Pokemon company told us about the curries. Don't worry about it. Don't it's, think about it. It's Torkoal's barbecue shack. Yeah, that's it. What's he barbecuing? Dot, 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 something. <laughs> With eruption, everything. <laughs> God, I hate that move. I, I go against it, and I really can't stand it. I love so, Torkoal so much. If I, if I could get into a little uh, a little conspiracy, mainly I, there's probably nothing here overall in terms of overlap, but it just kind of shows the uh, how the real world and Pokemon sometimes have these coincidences. Uh, but so Torkoal was first in Gen 3, as you said, which I believe was 2002 or 2003. But in Something 2000, like that, yeah. Yeah. In 2005, uh, some paleontologists in Colombia found a turtle uh, a turtle fossil in a coal mine um i'm gonna butcher the latin name but it's carbonemis confrini which means coal turtle um and this thing is massive it's up to its shell it's about five feet eight inches and they theorized that it had jaws powerful enough to eat crocodiles and had a massive Uh, massive swath of land that it sort of patrolled and and ate all the things from. But if you look at Torkoal's entries from when it first uh, came on the scene, it says that it's digging through the, uh, it digs through mountains looking for food. And then the second time Torkoal comes in is Heart Gold Soul Silver, which was 2009. So after this one was discovered uh, and the entry is shifted to Torkoal can be found in coal mines. Um, uh, and so, and 
the the find itself wasn't actually published until 2012 so they would have had to have some sort of insider information about the discovery so this not, is my new conspiracy theory i support it not impossible <laughs> i feel a little bit like charlie day uh but so while you were talking i went to the kitchen and got this lovely tinfoil hat it's very nice <laughs> very shiny so like I said, it's probably just a weird coincidence but i think it's cool no I that's awesome this. yeah sometimes fact is greater than fiction Oh, now, th- this turtle was also the size of a smart car. For, for oh, be- <laughs> believe me, this is not the biggest turtle. That's still not as big as the biggest turtle we'll be talking about today. Okay. So before we get to that next one, though, we got to talk about Torterra. And Torterra, honestly, was one of the funniest and most nerve-wracking parts of Detective Pikachu because I'm just looking at these monsters coming out continent sides of like, well, there's no way you could be that big without somebody noticing. <laughs> Like, I literally just like, why are there not helicopters everywhere with these giant Torteras? <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, just this horrifying monstrosity. Well, but that's tor- like, that's like world ending. Like, all of them getting up and the mountains moving, like, that's, that's some apocalyptic stuff. Yeah, you'd be able to see that from space. That's horrifying. So, um, normal Torteras are inspired by a couple of different things. So there are people who find that there there's some parts of it related to dinosaurs, like the ankylosaurus and its spines, but there's also the shell of the, I'm going to butcher the, Proganochesley turtles, which lived hundreds of millions years ago. Their shell was the same ragged sharpness. But um, it is the continent Pokemon, so it's less to do with the real world and more to do with the spiritual one, uh, mainly the world turtle. So the world turtle isn't considered a myth, it's considered a myth theme. So it's like the basic unit of a myth and it's shared with other stories. So a bunch of different cultures had some kind of you're on the back of a turtle or you're in a turtle sort of view of the world. So for some reason, we all just thought, wow, this shell on this turtle could hold the world if it was bigger. Just immediately started writing it down. Uh, The most famous and again, please, someone correct me if I'm wrong about all of this stuff, because I have to do some research on the world turtle, which is a lot harder than it sounds. Uh, so Hindus have the most famous one, uh, the Kruma being, I believe, one of its common names. So how the layers of the shell work is um, the plastron is the lower end of the sh- is earth. Um, so then you have the body, which is the atmosphere, and the upper shell is heaven. So that's the, the carapace. So uh, Torterra runs on that idea, as even the people in Pokemon believe that the world is on a giant Torterra. So Detective Pikachu was kind of right on that. Also, occasionally you get these animals that just kind of have grow- algae growing on their backs. So they provide a perfect camouflage for surviving against all kinds of giant, terrifying critter. So Torterra is based on the world turtle. I didn't feel like going too much into detail on that one because it seems kind of obvious. Please, people, look up the Hindu belief system. It's a wild ride it's definitely something most people should get into if you've also heard the expression turtles all the way down that also ties into that but it's more the idea of it's a turtle on top of a turtle on top of a turtle like basically uh because of a because of c because of a then b then b c um well it's it's the idea of infinite regress and that you know if you have if a is true because of b b is true because of c c is true because of d and it just goes on and on and on yeah, it's not. It's that's more math than horrifying. Uh, so the next one we mentioned him before. So we mentioned him in a Reef Madness episode. So this is basically a recap. Caracosta and sea turtles in general. So it is based on Archelon. 
Archelon is the biggest turtle we have to talk about on the show because this thing weighed almost 5,000 pounds. It was the size of an SUV. This thing is the, um, the cousin of the leatherback sea turtle. So uh, they do get the diet wrong on this one. Uh, they, these animals were eating a lot of different things, mainly jellies and soft things. But in the deck entry, Caracosta is crunching shells and it's getting its hardness from uh, crushing those shells and putting them onto their body. So it's a really cool ability and a really cool adaptation. So Caracosta can actually dive about half a mile deep. And to do that, real leatherbacks can smooth, consume a small amount of oxygen through their cloaca. Do you understand what that means? Or do I have to simplify uh, it? You might have to unscience that for me. Okay, sorry. So what that means is they have the ability to, they have very specialized areas, basically where the butt would be. And they're able to take in water in that area. And their body is able to absorb in specific areas inside the cloaca oxygen from that water. So they are able to breathe through their butts. That's a very important trait to have. Yes, it is. It is what they can do. They are very capable of breathing through their butts. And that is one thing that it's honestly, it's honestly one of my favorite things about these animals is the fact that sea turtles can breathe through their butts. Everything is super cute and teal can breathe through your butts. But again, well, if you want to know more about practical. It is practical. If you want to learn more about Caracosta, honestly, guys, just go and go back to our Reef Madness episode. It's one of my favorites when it comes to that stuff, but it is an amazing turtle to have in the game. Caracosta is such a cool mom to have. But uh, now we get to the fun stuff. We get to my favorite turtle. This one is by far the best. 10 out of 10, Turtonator. Turtonator is just... The the tur the turtonator prepare to be turtled. <laughs> it's just, I'm sorry, I just see this its big doofy face and everything about it. This might be the laziest I have seen Pokemon with the design. Not because they made like a blob or something, but because they literally just took this turtle, the the Mata Mata, and just painted it with a new coat of paint, made it bigger, and threw it on a volcano. It, uh, and, never... Yeah, made it made it have explosive poops. Yeah, uh, pretty much. But, like, Let, I mean, if, if you look up a photo of the Matamata, like, it's a cool-looking... Like, they didn't need to do anything. This is a cool-looking animal. I agree with you. That is definitely something that... Ha they're just like, oh, well, Matamata, there you go. It, it's already an amazing Pokemon in our world. So, with the Matamata, it is a real turtle. Uh, it is a Amazonian river turtle. It actually is um, built entirely to camouflage. Its head and body are flattened where its head looks like a decaying leaf and its back looks like rotting wood. Something that blends in perfectly in the Amazon with so much tree life just being destroyed over time. Honestly, it's one of my favorites to talk about just because of how weird and doofy it looks. Now, it is important to know that um, it, is a, it is a carnivore too. So what it will do is it will have almost a suction-like feeding on any fish that tries swimming way too close to it. In Pokemon, they put it on a volcano. And I think that's a really cool idea to match those colors because if you just walked by a Turtonator in Pokemon, you might think, wow, what a weird red rock and walk away. And that's when this thing jumps on you and blows you up with its poop. We keep saying that because that's the thing it apparently is said in the Pokedex that it eats sulfur to help explode. I don't yeah. know how many, do we have any chemists? I, I think we have chemists here like who want to listen to this. Just like I can feel them. I can feel them smashing their heads against a wall of like, you don't just use sulfur to explode. Like that's not how explosions work. Yeah. It, it's, it's a little more complicated than that. Yeah. Now we could explain it to you, 
but I don't want to be on a list. So I'm going to explain it to you in as light a detail as possible. In order for sulfur to combust, you need an oxidizer, something like potassium. And if you added that oxidizer, all it would really do is burn. Now, it's not going to explode. If you wanted to explode, you would just need to take some form of charcoal, saltpeter, and sulfur, mix it in a certain way that I will not tell anybody, and you will make black powder, the basic ammunition type for all bullets at this point in the world. So that is how you make the basic black powder. So basically, this thing has to be eating charcoal and salt in order to get what it needs to to explode. Otherwise, it's just really, really smelly poops. Have you ever smelled fresh sulfur? Uh, actually, yes. I've been to I've been to some places where that that smell has been. It's not pleasant. Yeah, it, it really isn't pleasant. Again, if you guys are interested in looking at like the weirdest turtle on this list, it's a uh, Turtonator. Turtonator is by far my favorite. Look him up. Give him some love. Terrible in battle. Just, just the worst. Just awful. But it's unfortunate because he looks like really awesome. He looks terrifying. He constantly looks like he's going to hurt you. And I really think that's important to understanding about these animals. They, they're they really cool. And I think that Pokemon did a really good job with them. Now, this last Pokemon is the reason why we I had to wait so long to do this episode. Because the second I saw him come out, I had to be like, oh, okay, I have to postpone this episode for seven months. And so here we are. Dreadnought. When I first saw this beautiful turtle boy, I was like, yes, he's going on my team. I love him to death. Then I learned he didn't have Shell Smash. And I was sad. That seems to be like, I mean, he's not the first turtle Pokemon to not have Shell Smash. Incidentally, uh, just side fact, no, none of the Pokemon turtles, if I was being like the purely like anal critic of like, this is, this needs to be like the real world. Technically, if you smash the shell of a turtle, they die. So literally, oh, Caracosta, you smell shell smash. Then Caracosta just stops moving. Like it's just done. You just shed it. It's fine. Hooray. Maybe, maybe that's why they're not doing it. Maybe. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> Sorry to bum you out at the very end of like, yeah, no, don't shell smash your Pokemon. I, I hope there's somebody out there who takes this literally. And like, they're like, dude, you could have won that match. I wanted my Caracosta to live. I didn't want it to die. <laughs> but, um, it doesn't get shell smashed in the game, so it wasn't as powerful as I wanted. But it still gets Swift Swim, so, you know, points for that. Uh, but in the game, it is supposed to be this highly aggressive Pokemon that jumps down on anything that comes near it. Like, it is just an aggro, angry little critter. And the common snapping turtle fits that description pretty well. The common snapping turtle is a very much not a kind creature to be around. But this guy, from all the, the jaggedness and the spikes is based on an alligator snapping turtle, one of the heaviest turtles that we still have in this world and definitely one of the heaviest freshwater ones. The biggest confirmed one we ever found was 250 pounds. These things are no joke. This isn't some... Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah, it's... I mean, it's, it's it's huge. It's bigger than I would want an animal that looks like that to be. (laughs) <laughs> but that's the thing. Its looks are deceiving. This animal isn't as aggressive as it looks. They're actually um, pretty docile as long as you don't poke them with a stick. They're not going to chase anything. They're ambush predators. Mm. They are built to hide themselves in the mud and just like stick out their tongue. So they have a small worm-like lure on their tongue and they wiggle it around 
for any animal that's dumb enough to come and attack it. If they do, they get eaten. They once found one with about 70% of its gut diet was other turtles. So this thing does not care about eating its own kind. Just whatever it, touch, whatever takes the bait is getting eaten. Pretty much. They don't really care about too much. They just kind of want to eat whatever they need to. And that's honestly one of the my favorite things about them. Uh, incidentally, people used to joke uh, talk about how their jaws are some of the most powerful in the animal kingdom, but uh, there was a study done. And again, it's not it's one study, so you need to have more to actually make it conclusive. They were testing it on juvenile alligator snapping turtles, and their bite force was actually similar to a human, which might mean that it's not so much the bite force as it is just their really sharp beak that's doing most of the damage. But again, that was a juvenile. You would have to test this out on a full-grown adult and... I don't got the lab work for that, nor do I have the turtle on hand. I know people have the turtle, but it is not, I, I, we're not going to be doing it with that. I think Dreadnought is a fine addition to the turtle family. I think now, actually, if I go through this list, with the addition of Dreadnought, you can now feasibly make an entire turtle team. Oh, yeah. That was literally it. Like you, we, we just went through all six of the turtles, and we now can make an entire turtle team. A, Would it function? Turtle squad. Turtle Squad. No, it would not function, though. It would actually be pretty bad from a battle standpoint. But it's still workable. <laughs> and I think that's one of, again, turtles are a big part of so many cultures, and they're an animal that everybody loves. Were we picking from low-hanging fruit when making this episode that people will like? Yes. Yes, we were. But we, we love turtles. We think they're amazing. And honestly, I, I, I'm glad that they... They love them as much as we do. I'm glad. I'm hoping to get more turtles. I'm hoping to get more of them out there. And I'm hoping to see some Galarian forms of some of these turtles in some or whatever forms people like. I would love to see the different turtles that people can make and work with. And I would love to see them go into things like the proto-turtles or the turtles before the turtles. Or going into things like um, like the Aldabran tortoises, which are in are giant like the Galapagos ones, but can float. Like they literally floated to the islands. It's actually really, really cool. There's some of the craziest turtles make the weirdest mating noises but otherwise pretty cool uh i'd be remiss if i didn't point out with dreadnaw the the play on words with his name is very similar to the word dreadnought mm -hmm. uh which if you don't know is a class of battleship that the first country to produce a dreadnought was actually the uk which obviously gala region is based on the uk uh but the royal navy's hms dreadnought and it was the largest battleship produced at the time that was just absolutely terrifying. It had like 800 people or so on it to make it run. But what's crazy about it is, you know, as massive and as uh, powerful as it was, it was built in 1906. By the time World War I came around, there was already super dreadnoughts that had already outclassed the HMS dreadnought. And it kind of was already, it still was, still was powerful, but it wasn't on the front lines, not even... 10 years, a decade after it was created. That's just kind of sad. Not as sad as when the Bismarck, when the when the Germans let loose the Bismarck and it got immediately sunk, like the second it got out. It caused some damage, but still, biggest battleships tend to not do so well. That's actually, if I... If I <laughs> Sorry, my brother literally just yelled from the other room, like, hey, the hood does damage. <laughs> I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm remembering Get out of the room correctly, I'm, I'm, I might be wrong, but I think the Bismarck... Uh, was torpedoed by a dreadnought. Yeah, it's... I love history, but I don't have the time to go into it. For now, hopefully you guys realize turtles are awesome and they need to be loved for how awesome they are. So let's go ahead and wrap things up.
well, that was a turtly awesome episode. I think we did quite well with that. <laughs> Sorry, I, I can't handle that kind of joke right now. <laughs> All right. So you may have noticed that Don kind of dropped out of that last part. He actually had an emergency to get to, and we wanted to make sure that he had the time. So we just kind of slipped his way out. So he, he loves this stuff. And but as we always say here, real life comes before this. We want to make sure that our loved ones are cared for. Anywho, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, This was a really fun episode to research. This was fun to talk about with you guys. And I I just love this stuff. Now, we do have some notes to go through. And I have my notes here. Let's see. Ah, yes. So at the end of February, we're actually going to try, we're going to be hosting a lot more. um, uh, We're going to be hosting what's called a um, Ask the Show Nights. So we are part of the Pokecaster Network. And we want to try and bring more of you guys to Discord and learning more about us. So I will actually be the first guest on this one where you literally just show up to the Discord and ask me stuff and I answer it. And that's kind of it. I will probably have some kind of rules. If it were my way, there'd be no rules, only glory. But other than that, it's one of my favorite things that people get to, um, that I think we're doing really well on. We're trying to get more of you guys into this. We want this to be a community. Um, aside from that, we're going to be having things like raid battles and we're going to try working on quiz shows and all kinds of stuff aside from this. Uh, we'll actually also be posting polls on what days you guys would be more available because as we're moving forward, there are going to be some changes to the podcast and we'll talk about them more in the near future. Uh, I hope you guys will like them as much as I do because there really are some changes in our lives that are going to be affecting this. And I really want you guys to you know, be a part of the community. As Collins always says, we are smarter together than we are alone. And if you tell one friend about us, like that's enough for me. Again, I do this because I like teaching you guys and you guys have been fun to teach for well over a year. And I got to meet Chris, which is just yeah. a really fun way of going through it. And I, I just want to add, I really think that you all should come and ask Lucas some questions because he is phenomenal to talk to and he knows a lot. And he's he just ask him whatever you want, come out, join the conversation. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, we'll be posting more about that on our Facebook and our Twitter. I will let you know that this year at my job, I won the most likely to talk about animal poop in any given conversation award. And we talked about it today. Yes, because it's what I'm good at, apparently. All right, guys, so we're going to wrap this up. Stay tuned for more information. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. Peace. Bye. Turtle power. Turtle power.